The winningest team in baseball also has the most saves, and people who save the most money are winners. So start earning saves by investing in worthy bonds for only $10 each. These bonds earn a fixed 7% APY, and there's no fees, penalties, or minimum balance required, and they can be redeemed whenever you like. You can even round up everyday purchases to buy additional bonds. Go to worthybonds.com backslash save. That's worthybonds.com backslash save and save and win. Are you working? What kind of work do you do? This is the Punt and Pass Podcast. Touchdown, baby! Now, here are your hosts, two-time All-American punter Drew Butler. Mark Rick would like Drew Butler to hit it a mile in the air. And he did. What a and the SEC's career leader in touchdown passes and completions, Aaron Murray. Touchdown in stride as he crosses the goal line. Put it right on his hip. What a throw. Now with the latest from around the SEC and the world of college football, it's the Punt and Pass Podcast. Get to the house, sideline, pylon, touchdown, and the dogs are on the board first. Victory is mine. Yeah, surprisingly, I've been lame. Welcome into the Punt and Pass podcast. I'm your host, Drew Butler, joined alongside by my co-host, Aaron Murray. And this episode of Punt and Pass is presented by Ameris Bank Mortgage. Now is the time. Right now is the time to take advantage of historically low rates by buying or refinancing your home. Have you been looking for a trusted mortgage banker to help you achieve your financial goals? Look no further than our buddy and damn good dog, Logan Hinton, who is part of the number one lending team in Georgia year after year. With competitive rates and fees and the ability to lend in 47 states, Ameris Bank Mortgage and Logan Hinton will make this usually stressful task a breeze. Go ahead and contact Logan directly. His phone number is 770-649-4941. That's 770-649-4941. Ameris Bank Mortgage, equal housing lender, and member FDIC, NMLS 824-867. Loan subject to normal credit approval. Logan is the man. Go ahead and give him a shout. I've told you this before, but I refinanced my home in March, and rates are even lower now. Aaron has refinanced his home. If you're looking to buy a home or you're looking to refinance your home, give Logan a shout at Ameris Bank Mortgage. His number, again, is 770-649-4941. Football is back. Let's dive into it. We got games to talk about this weekend, so let's get right into it. Let's do this. Be sure to follow us on social media. We are at Punt and Pass on Twitter and Instagram. I am at Drew Butler. Aaron is at Aaron Murray 11. And if you haven't yet, which I'm sure you have, go to puntandpass.com. It is the best website in the world of college football. It's our brand new website. It's got a blog up there. I'm going to be posting our picks from Punt, Pass, and Pick later on today so you can go back to them tomorrow before you get your action in it's got our merchandise shop which we call the locker room everywhere our podcast is distributed and our youtube our youtube is on the home page you guys have been looking at it because i went and looked at how many views a couple of our videos have and it is growing so we appreciate you welcome in to this episode of punt and pass football's back murray nfl kicked off last night uh, i was so happy to see that and then on the acc network Miami 
took on UAB. That's right. Alabama Birmingham has a football team. A lot of people forget they did not have a football team a couple of years ago. We're going to talk about that. Ryan Day, Ohio State's head coach, released a statement yesterday about how he wants answers for his players as to why they're not playing this season. We will discuss that. Love the Kirby Smart, Jeremy Pruitt back and forth on Twitter last night. That's fun. That's what college football is all about. I'll get your thoughts on that. And then we're going to do punt, pass, and pick. It feels regular. It does. Football is back. How are you, my man? Which game did you watch last night? Were you flipping back and forth between the NFL and the Miami UAB game like I was? I actually had both games going at the same time. Oh, I had the, the Miami game going on on my TV. Listen, you have the setup in your basement. You have, like, multiple TVs. I do. So Thank you, Prime TV yeah. install. Yeah, exactly. So don't give me this big-time nonsense. Uh, and then I had the uh, the iPad going on with the uh, the Kansas City game. So Sharon was an absolute heaven last night. I mean, we're I don't know if you saw the video I posted on, on IG, but I didn't. I'm sitting there, you know, hanging out with the dogs, just put Maddox to sleep. I got two games on. I look over and Sharon's just like scrolling through uh, some baby blog, just probably like oh, I hate football. Why is football <laughs> bad? Is this gonna be my life for the next four months? And uh, but it, it, it was awesome to get football, for me at least. I, I really enjoyed uh, multiple games. I'm really pumped for this weekend to get college going, to get NFL going. So it was uh, it was sweet. It, it was it – was, the Miami game was good. Uh, it was expected. I know we're going to jump into it. It was expect, – I expected them to be a little bit slow starting uh, on the offense, yeah. especially for – going against a UAB team that has already played. So they kind of had the opportunity sure. to work out the kinks, but – Still, UAB, I think the biggest issue they had last night is they had so many damn penalties. I mean, like, and knickknack penalties, like stuff that you should have corrected after the first week, like formations, not enough guys on the scrimmage. They had one time there was a guy lined up, a receiver on the line of scrimmage, and then he motioned. I'm like, come on. Like, there's, like, peewee football teams know this yeah. stuff. Like, you can't be making those mistakes when you're playing against a team that's in the Power Five. But Derek King, I thought, looked pretty, pretty darn good, man, for his first start at Miami. Limited reps, no spring ball, limited reps in fall camp. He's explosive. I mean, he made a couple runs. Uh, I remember the one play, they, they they had him dead to right, blitz right up the middle. He made that guy miss, made another guy miss, and got like a 20, 30-yard run after it. And I'm just like, damn, this kid's pretty explosive. So I don't think Miami is going to scare Clemson uh, at the end of the don't day. Go I, I don't, I, don't I, go there. Don't go there. I'm not saying – they're not going to scare Clemson. They're not going to scare North Carolina. They're a better football team than they were last year, at least okay. because of Derek King. They're not a great football team. Like that, that they're not. I'm sorry. They, they, yeah. Their defense is, their defense is average. Their offense is average. You have a very talented quarterback in Derek King, that makes you a better football team. So they're 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 better. Can we at least agree that they're a better team than they were last year? No, I certainly can't agree with you there. And I think it was expected in the first game, first week, no spring ball, no practice for Derek King to really get involved in this offense and feel comfortable heading into the first game. As you mentioned, Rhett Lashley, the new offensive coordinator, uh, I, I was a little bit uh, worried about looking at Derek King's arm. I mean just massively overthrowing a couple of deep balls, really trying to force some intermediate throws, not exactly the tightest spiral. Sure, he can extend the plays, get outside the pocket, move the chains for a first down. He's not the most polished passer of the football. Look, I don't know if— Ooh, we knew that, though. Yeah, we knew that, and I don't know if you need yeah, that for their success of their offense, but um, I want to ask you about Rhett Lashley 
Because when I see Rhett Lashley, you hear the name and you think Gus Malzahn and you think SMU and you think high tempo and he keeps getting promoted and he's always going to have an OC job. And I tell myself, how is somebody who has achieved so little continue to get so many opportunities at top jobs? And then I go on Twitter and people are like, Rhett Lashley, Derek King, oh, a match made in heaven. This is going to be awesome. I'm not buying it. I'm really not buying it. I don't understand. I guess in coaching, if you get involved with somebody like he did with Gus Malzahn, you're always going to get opportunities. Okay, I'm not. I'm not burying Rhett Lashley. I'm not saying they're not going to have success at Miami. He's got the quarterback that he needs to have success, and that, of course, is Derek King, who was on the cover of Sports Illustrated just a couple of years ago, who was talked about as a Heisman candidate just a couple of years ago. Is Rhett Lashley finally, because they've got players at Miami, Aaron, the cupboard is not bare. Is Rhett Lashley finally going to be able to put an offense together that really scores points, that really is up-tempo, moves the chains, and puts points on the board? I don't know, but for whatever reason, I'm just not buying the Rhett Lashley hype that he continuously gets year after year. It reminds me of like Lane Kiffin. I mean, Lane Kiffin was 32 and became the head coach of the Oakland Raiders. Hadn't done shit. So that's the only thing that worries me about Rhett Lashley. He continues to get these chances. Buddy, it's time to put something behind what? your resume. Well, because once you're on the, the, the carousel of the coaching world, whether it's in the NFL or college football, you're, you're on that ride for a long time. And we know that. I mean, these yes. guys just – if you're – if you know the right people, you're just going to continue to jump from place to place to place to place until you finally find your spot. Is Miami the spot for him? I don't know because I don't know if Manny Diaz is – I don't know how long Manny Diaz is going to be there. I think Miami has a, a, a long road ahead of them to get back to being a dominant team in the ACC. I mean they are so far behind Clemson. I think they're far behind North Carolina. I think Florida State – is going to be able to to turn things around a lot faster than what what he's able to do in Miami. So, does Manny Diaz is Manny Diaz going to be the head coach of Miami in two or three years? I, I don't know because right now, the reason your team's better this year is because you had a transfer quarterback in Derek King. Yes. Once Eric King leaves after this season, are you still going to be a good team? Or are you going to then drop back to be a six or seven win team come twenty twenty one? I think they're going to. Drop back to be a six and seven win team in 2021, and is are Miami fans going to want that? You know, then all of a sudden you're year three with Manny Diaz, he's not getting the job done. Year four, he's not getting the job done. You cut ties, and then uh, then the entire staff's done. So I, I don't know if Miami's the spot, just because I think Miami, like I said, it, it is it's a project that's going to take four or five years, maybe more to get back to being a relevant program uh, in college football. I mean, hell, based on his resume, if Manny Diaz does move on or get fired, I wouldn't be surprised if they just give Rhett Lashley the head coaching job. That's the trajectory that he has been on, and you kind of answered the next question that I was going to have for you. Which program turns around faster, Miami or Florida State? Look, Manny Diaz is in his second year coaching at Miami. He was Coach Rick's defensive coordinator when Coach Rick retired. He slid into that head coaching role. FSU, I mean, it was abysmal last year, and they got Mike Norvell from Memphis, which I think is a really good hire. I spoke mm-hmm. at it as nauseum two years ago. When they hired Willie Taggart, I said, what the hell is Florida State doing? The man can't coach football. He cannot coach football. It is proven. Can he recruit? Yes. 
Who did he surround himself with? Willie Taggart at Florida State, all of his best buddies, all right? If you can't coach football but you can recruit, you better get yourself a really good offensive coordinator and a really good defensive coordinator. That wasn't the case. It was a mess. They bring in Mike Norvell. You just said it. It sounds like you're leaning towards Florida State being able to turn it around quicker than Miami. Oh, 100%, I think Florida State is. Um, I don't know. I just I, I like Mike Norvell. I mean, what he's done, what he's been able to do. And at Memphis, it just gives me confidence. I just think, and I just think the culture is a little bit better right now. I know it's been a kooky off season for Florida State. Uh, I know there's been a couple issues pop up here and there, but I just think overall they're, I, I just think it's a better place to be. I think they're yeah. going to be able to bring in more talent. I think they're better coached and, and I think they're a better team right now. So I think there's, there's less room for improvement to get back to being a, a decent team in college football to being relevant in the ACC, I think Miami has a bigger gap to go. Like I said, Miami is going to be better this year just because they have a quarterback. He only has one year left, so he's not going to be back there next year. So yeah. once he's gone, I just don't know if they're building in the right direction. Where I think Florida State with Mike Norvell, they're going to be getting some dudes. They already have a plenty of dudes. They just need a head coach to kind of lead those guys in the right direction. So I think that gap is smaller for them to get back to being competitive with Clemson, being competitive with North Carolina. Uh, and being a good team in the ACC. So, yes, I think Mike Norvell is there for the long run. I think he's going to be coach for Florida State for a long, long time. I don't know if Manny Diaz is going to be the coach of Miami in two or three years. I, I just I, My confidence level is not there with him right now. Well, Miami gets off to a good start. They beat UAB 31-14. to Next week, they travel to Louisville. And then September 26th, home versus Florida State. So we'll get that answer pretty quickly that'll be a good one i'm glad acc football is back we got games that we're going to break down in punt pass and pick in just a bit what do you think about the fans last night quickly i mean i think it come to expect it now this is our third week of watching at least some sort of football i think there was like seventeen thousand fans inside hard rock stadium last night pretty low energy but i don't think it was much different from what you would have expected if it was normal really first week uab i, I don't know i mean the guys did a good job on ACC Network. I just think conference games are going to be a little bit more lively from a perspective on watching it on TV. It was just slow, but I think that was expected. A Thursday night game, non-conference game. Um, quick thoughts on that. Yeah, non-conference game and, and first game of the season for Miami. Just yeah. a little sloppy. Yeah, A lot of penalties. I mean, just a ton, a ton, a ton of penalties. I must say, though, the NFL game was pretty smooth, you know, without yes. any preseason. Yes. I thought it looked pretty darn good. Well, let me say this, though. Up. Let me say this, though. It was pretty smooth because it was the Chiefs. Kansas City is so good on offense. It's God ridiculous. Please. I think Houston was more so of what you're going to expect to see this weekend when everybody else plays. But Kansas City with Mahomes, they got a fantastic offensive line. Travis Kelsey's Clyde always Edwards open. Look damn good. Hilaire looked damn good. I mean, they how are much, how much legit. skill. I mean, I just don't know if you're a defense, who do you cover? I mean, you got Kelsey, who's a top tight end in the league. You got Tyreek, who's the fastest player in the NFL. I mean, that dude is scary as hell. You got Sammy Watkins. You got uh, our, our former UJ receiver there in the slot. Miko uh, Hardman. It's dude. It's then you, nuts. Then you got Clyde. Then you got Clyde Edwards out of the backfield. It's matchup nightmares everywhere. And then you got Andy Reid, who is the best at creating those one-on-one matchups. I mean, that offense, I, it, 
you better hope the entire offense gets COVID because there's no <laughs> way you can stop that offense from scoring 30 plus points a game. There's no chance. Speaking no of chance COVID, what the hell was Andy Reid wearing? The, the, the shield <laughs> on the was, hat. It was, was so it was fogging up. It was fogging up the entire time. That was maybe um, the most outrageous thing I've ever seen. Like, dude, you got it. You got to switch that up. Not good weather for it. Every breath no. he took, it fogged up. Reed's just a big hilarious. dude in general. I mean, I know he's got to take precautions. I don't know him for it, but just throw a mask no. on, bro. That was nuts. Yeah. That I was dying. so funny. He is funny. Um, but going back to your original question with the fans, listen, it was better than the Navy game Monday night. I mean, having no fans in the stands sure. was, was pretty bad. At least, I mean, it's, it's always fun when the, the you know, ESPN or the ACC Network last night would pan to some fans in the stands. So it gives you some kind yes. of like, okay, there's people there. A little bit more exciting, a little bit of energy is better than no energy. But you know, like you saw this past week with LSU, LSU is going to allow twenty six thousand fans yeah. in the stand for their game. I mean, that's that's good. That's something. That's I think something so too. is better than nothing. And you're going to hear it because, like you said, it's going to be all SEC games. So there's going to be a lot yeah. more energy in the stadium, and I'm looking forward to that. And once again, football, we have football, so just be grateful that we have something to watch. Yeah, no doubt. And I thought the Kansas City game, I mean, they probably had 25,000 fans there as well. When touchdowns were scores, you could hear it. When big plays happened, you could hear it. And Patrick Mahomes, I mean, you're a quarterback, Murray. The, the guy is a freak. He signed a $450 million contract. It didn't change him one bit. He goes out nope. there. He executes. But shit, you could throw me back there, and with the talent that they have, you know, no, I you might couldn't. be able to no, complete couldn't. a few passes. Maybe get me yeah. down around the the, the the red zone. I'll score a touchdown. I will. You could you could throw a screen pass. That's about all you could do, Drew. But uh, a screen pass. Yeah. His. How about that first touchdown that was dropped by uh, was it Robinson number eleven? Yeah. Or was it Watkins? on the post route? No, Sammy Watkins. No. No, Robinson. Yeah, dropped it. Yes. Yeah, the, the dropped it, and oh my god, that thing was an absolute dime and yes. he had like a dude coming right down his grill and threw about 45 yards on he a just rope. flicks it with such accuracy and precision it's not because well, his arm angle he's able to get that yeah. um, external rotation through his shoulder and it's it's just like it's like a shortstop fielding it to the yeah. left and just flipping it to first base the arm angles are just absolutely incredible i mean he is he deserves every single penny in that damn contract because Right now, based on the way they look last night, and Houston's not great. I mean, Houston David Johnson is missing. Good. I was David happy Johnson to see that. Good. I was happy to see but, that. But there's no explosion for from the receiving position yeah. with with Hopkins gone. Yeah, there's none. I mean, if I'm DeAndre, if I'm if I'm uh, the Sean, I'm pissed off. I'm happy that I'm rich as hell, but I'm pissed off yeah. that my number one receiver is gone. But I mean, they they said it last night too in the broadcast. It makes sense. I mean, there's a reason why he went to to Arizona. He, you can't pay a receiver twenty million dollars if you're also going to pay your quarterback yeah, no thirty five million dollars. You just can't do that. That's what a salary cap. You, he had he, he had to go he had to go somewhere with a rookie contract for a quarterback. Yep. No, you're totally right. Um, Mahomes, ten years, four hundred and fifty million, could be up to five hundred million dollars. And if he's looking for a home, he needs to call our buddy Logan Hinton. I'm sure Logan would love to get a little bit of that commission. Fee Logan, of course, is with Ameris Bank Mortgage. That's who this podcast is presented by. Logan has competitive rates and fees, the ability to lend in 47 states. So regardless of where Mahomes is looking, he needs to give our buddy Logan a shout. Logan makes this usually stressful task a breeze. Patrick Mahomes, call Logan. Anybody who's looking to buy or refinance your home, call Logan Hinton at Ameris Bank Mortgage, 770 649 49 
641-770-649-4941. Thank you, Logan. Thank you, Ameris Bank Mortgage. All right, the Big Ten. We talked about it earlier this week. Of course, now it doesn't look like they're going to be playing, but Ryan Day, the head coach of Ohio State, continues to make news headlines. And yesterday, he put out a statement saying, our players deserve answers. And Aaron, I'm going to read this statement, okay? I want to get your immediate thoughts, and then I'll tell you what sports media, sports media, my favorite people, said in response to this statement. This is from Ohio State head coach Ryan Day, and I quote, While I understand the Big Ten Conference's decision to postpone the football season because of health and safety considerations, the communication of information from the Big Ten following decision has been disappointing and often unclear. However, we still have the opportunity to give our young man what they have worked so hard for, a chance to safely compete for a national championship this fall. He goes on and says, I appreciate the Big Ten's medical subcommittee, and I know this is a difficult time. He ends by saying this. These young men and their parents have asked so many questions that I do not have an answer to, but the one that hurts the most is this. Why can these other teams and players play and we can't? Duke is playing Notre Dame, and Clemson is playing Wake Forest this weekend. Our players want to know why can't they play. Give me your response to head coach of Ohio State football, Ryan Day, standing up for his players, and I'll tell you what Pat Forty, self-righteous Pat Forty said in response. Go ahead. I actually love it. I mean, these these players want to know, like they're literally sitting at home right now watching three power five conferences play, and they're watching uh, smaller conferences play. And and as of right now, not not really many hiccups. I mean, I know we've seen some teams like Tennessee last week, but I mean, we're still working through this. And it's not like we just shut down the season because Tennessee had an issue or a couple teams maybe had a couple small issues here or there. Like we're figuring it out. We're figuring out how to live with it. And we're still playing football and making sure these players are safe come game day. So hell yeah, if I'm a parent, if I'm a player, I am so ticked off right now. Just give us answers. Uh, that's company. all he's saying. Yeah. Well, that's, that's once again, we'll go back to, to Sankey and, and the SEC. I just feel like he was really transparent during the entire process. He, he, he was up front. He let everyone know what was going on. What's the plan? What's the timeline? This is what we're anticipating. And and right now you look at the patient. Big Ten and it's all just behind closed doors. What are they saying? What's the discussion? Why are we making these decisions? And it's just, I don't know. They they they. It's it's been. If I'm a part of the Big Ten, I'm I'm embarrassed from the, for the leadership that has been shown, and and I'm pissed off because I want to play football, man. man. Like these kids have worked hard for this opportunity and the fact that they're sitting there this entire going to be sitting here all of fall watching these other teams play. Um, yeah, I'd be, if I'm a head coach too, I'm, I'm be mad for my players. And the reason they don't have an answer, Aaron, is because they can't get one. The big 10 doesn't have an answer. So Ryan day puts out that statement. Okay. And self-righteous college football writer and sports media. I don't, you can't call him a personality because he doesn't have much of one. Pat Forty from Yahoo Sports says this, okay? And let me just go back to what Ryan Day said real quick at the end of the first paragraph. He said, however, and I quote, we still have an opportunity to give our young men what they have worked so hard for, a chance to safely compete for a national championship this fall. Forty responds by saying this. 
At least we're down to brass tacks. The schools that voted not to play in the fall should change their vote so Ohio State can chase a national championship. Got that? Illinois, Indiana, Maryland, Michigan State, Michigan, Minnesota, Northwestern, Penn State, Purdue, Rutgers, Wisconsin. Pat Forty, you are missing the point. I'm sure every one of those schools hopes to compete for a national championship. I think about three of them maybe have an outside shot to compete for a national championship, and that's what they work hard for. You never played football, okay? I hate going here. Pat Forty, you don't understand what it's like to work all offseason, to miss spring practice, to be sent home in March, to come back to campus in June, to work with your teammates, to go through daily meetings, grind, workouts. You fight for a national championship. That's what every school does Pat Forty, I, I am shocked that you would have this take. Actually, I'm not shocked. You've been missing the point the entire time. And the point is this. The teams that should want to play should be able to. The teams that don't want to play, they can sit out. Don't overthink this. You've been overthinking it. You've been rooting for college football not to be played this fall. Shame on you, Pat Forty. And like you said, Aaron, shame on the leadership of the Big Ten for no answers to the players or coaches. All right, off my high horse. Pat Forty pissed me off. You feel good? He often does. Good? I mean, I feel better. I feel better. It's Friday. We got football I to talk like, about. I feel, like, I feel like you didn't sleep well last night thinking about this this right now. So I hope you're hey. going to sleep like a baby tonight. You got it off your chest. I got it off my chest. One thing that did make me happy. YouTube, for those working on YouTube, Drew's face is as red as his jersey behind him. I was fired up. I was fired up. <laughs> One thing that did make me laugh last night was the trade of jabs between Kirby Smart and Jeremy Pruitt hilarious look i love it when coaches have fun i love it when they talk shit in press conferences and i guess pruitt was feeling good yesterday because he dropped a pretty funny line in his press conference he said every time i play golf with kirby smart he's the only guy who always finds his ball in the woods always i laughed when i first read it i quote tweeted it aaron and i said the quickest way to piss a man off is to joke about him cheating in golf that is so yes. true. I mean, you know these guys have a long history together. Of course, they're not being malicious towards one another. I love to see Jeremy Pruitt at least get a little bit of personality, have some fun. Kirby Smart comes back later in the day and tweets from his personal account at Coach Kirby Smart. For the record, I don't play golf with 25-plus handicapped golfers. Fantastic. Bravo. That's fun. That is That's good-spirited jabbing and i appreciated that what were your thoughts when you first saw that i love it it's fun man listen it's it's these dudes know each other they it's like once going back to to earlier we talked about the coaching carousel it's a small world in this coaching world like these guys have crossed paths multiple times been together coached against each other like it's 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 all fun and game so i i love the little jabbing back and forth and uh, it's going to be even more exciting when they play each other here. And uh, well, I don't know when. When does Georgia and Tennessee play? Uh, Whenever they play, it's going to be the f- f- fourth week, right? Um, no, week, they no, play week three. Week, week three. Yeah. Auburn, then Tennessee, then Alabama. It's going to be a fun game. Uh, like I said, I'm not buying the Florida hype. I think Tennessee could be the dark horse to beat Florida later on in the season and to really just have a solid season, depending, of course, on Jared Garantano. All right, Murray, let's get into it. We had people tweeting us last night at Punt and Pass on Twitter and Instagram. When are y'all doing picks? We got games this weekend. It's happening right now. First edition of Punt, Pass, and Pick is live. Aaron, you and I both had really solid seasons last year. Let's start it out. I was over 60% against the spread last year. Can I promise that I'll do that again in 2020? Of course I can promise that. I am promising it right here 
right now. We're starting in the ACC. Murray, a team that you like to be a dark horse to really play well this season is North Carolina. They're starting out the season ranked number 18. They're taking on Syracuse in Chapel Hill. They're laying 23 points. That is a ton of points for week one. Talk to me. Who do you like? Do you think Syracuse could keep this one sort of tight? No, give me North Carolina. I, I, am all, I am on the North Carolina train. I mean, you just look like they, they got 10 offensive starters back. They got seven defensive starters back. They got Sam Howell. They got confidence. They got skill players. Defense was tremendous last year. Syracuse, eh, I don't know if Syracuse is ready. Obviously, the 5-7 and seven season last year, they lost a lot in that defensive side of the football. Um, I, I just, I'm a believer in North Carolina. I just feel like they have the confidence this year that, hey, we are going to compete with the big boys. We're going to compete with Clemson. I I don't think they're going to beat Clemson, but I think if anyone in the ACC could, it's probably them or Notre Dame that could take out the big boy. Uh, So I like North Carolina. Give me the points. Uh, Like I said, the fact that they have so much returning depth on offense, you know, things may be slow, but not as slow for them because that chemistry was built last season. These guys know the offense. They know their timing. I think they'll come out and have a damn good football game. So give me North Carolina the points. All right, so you're going to lay the points. You are laying 23. That's a lot for week one. I know that Syracuse is at the bottom of the barrel of the ACC this season. That hasn't necessarily been the case. 2018, 2019, they were a little bit middle of the road. North Carolina's got high hopes. They really do. Remember, they stopped practice just a couple of weeks ago with some COVID concerns. They're back. You just said it, though, returning so many starters. My boy John Lilly is a coach up there on the offensive side of the ball. So Stacy Searles, former Georgia offensive line coach. I will roll with you here, Murray. I don't like giving up this many points in conference in week one, but North Carolina has to prove that they are ready to take the turn and try to take on Clemson later on this season. I'll lay the 23 with you. I appreciate you talking me into that one. Drew and Aaron, myself and Aaron, are both on North Carolina, minus 23. How about Notre Dame? First game as a part of the ACC. They've painted it on the field. They are ranked number 10 in America in the preseason polls. They're taking on Duke, and they're laying 20 points. They're 20-point favorites against Duke. Murray, are you going to lay a big number again, or are you going to take the 20 points with Duke here? No, I'm going to take Notre Dame. I think think for them, they need to make a statement. I think they know that, too. I think they are playing – you know, a Duke team that is the same thing as, as the previous team in Syracuse we just talked about, you know, kind of bottom of the barrel of the ACC. So I think Notre Dame needs to show that, hey, we're in the ACC this year. We're here. We mean business. I think they come out hot. I love Ian Book. I've loved Ian Book for a long yes, time. Yes, you do. I, th- I think he's a darn good football player. I think he's a really good quarterback. Um, and they play, he's played a lot of football games. So, yes, I'm taking Notre Dame with the points here. Like I said, I think they're going to make a nice statement that, Hey, we're here to play. We're here to take on the ACC. It starts week one for them. You know what? I, I really like David Cutcliffe. I, I think he's a good head coach and, 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 and especially against better teams. He, he knows how to scheme. He knows how to get his offense in position to at least put some points on the board to mitigate damage. I would say he's been at Duke for 13 years. And I think I want the points here. Give me twenty points. I'll they got take... smoked. They got smoked by Notre Dame last year, thirty-eight to seven. By the way. Okay. Well, that wasn't Week One after no practices and after who knows what saying. the hell to expect. I'm just expecting sloppy football. Twenty points is a lot of points. I mean, look at UAB Miami last night. 
They didn't cover 20 points. I know the line was 14 and a half, which they did cover. That's just a lot of points. But once again, I I, I go to teams that I have more confidence in teams that have returning starting quarterbacks. That's okay. how I look at it. Like you have a guy that has played a lot of football for both North Carolina and Notre Dame uh, receivers that are back, that they, the chemistry is there. I mean, you're talking about with, with Miami, with Derek King, a quarterback that is learning a new offense that's learning new timing with his receivers. So I anticipated things to be a little bit sloppy there and it taken them a little bit longer to get going offensively where I don't think that's the case for Notre Dame or, or, or North Carolina. So that's why I feel like it's going to kind of hit the ground running a little bit faster than most teams. Okay, I can get behind that. I'm still going to roll with Duke. Give me 20 points. Next game, staying in the ACC, Florida State. Mike Norvell's debut as the head coach of the Seminoles. They're laying 12 against Georgia Tech. Now, if you listen to Atlanta Sports Radio, Coach Jeff Collins is always on 680. He's always talking up the Yellow Jackets, which, of course, he should be doing. Is it the same story as last year? Is Tech still in a big-time transition? Florida State, I think, has a lot of potential just to surprise people. I'm not saying that they're going to go 8-2 and two this year, but I think they could put a pretty decent season together. They've got the dudes, and I think Mike Norvell could put them in the right position. I'll lay the 12 here, okay? And this Hell is yeah. not me being biased against Georgia Tech. I just think Florida State has better talent than Georgia Tech. They'll probably be able to push them around a little bit. Mike Norvell has a great debut in Tallahassee. Lay the 12. Florida State wins by two touchdowns. Yeah, I'm laying it too. God, that's that's a great line right now. I think I might need to jump on that. Get I'm on it. I think, Florida, I think Florida State has, has tons of talent back. Uh, and Georgia Tech's just not ready yet. I mean, it's going to take some time. You're talking about for so long, the recruiting, especially at the offensive line, uh, these guys are just small. They recruited to, to cut off. They weren't recruited to have to handle pass protection, uh, a lot of the zone and power run schemes. So it's it. Georgia Tech will be better this year than they were last year at 3-9, and nine, but they're not ready yet just because I just don't think the offense line's there. Uh, so, yes, I'm taking Florida State. Georgia Tech's going to need uh, – Collins is going to need another two or three recruiting classes to get that team right. All right. I, I agree with you there. I think that's kind of a, a no-brainer. And the next no-brainer, I, I know I just said a couple of picks ago that I don't like giving away big points in week one. Clemson's taking on Wake Forest. Clemson is a 32-point favorite in Winston-Salem. Trevor Lawrence, I cannot believe Trevor e, Travis Etienne is still there. I mean, that is insane. The guy, I feel like he's been at Clemson forever. He is an absolute stud. And um, let me just say right now, this line cannot be high enough. Clemson's going to blow the doors off of Wake Forest. I think they're kind of on a revenge tour. I know they made it to the national championship last year. I know they don't exactly see stiff week-to-week competition in the ACC, but, you know, this is Trevor Lawrence's last year. ETN's a baller. They always have so many great players on defense, and Brett Venables is a stud of a defensive coordinator. Look, Clemson, and I might ride this horse until they buck me. I'm going to lay the points mm-hmm. with Clemson until they don't cover. Clemson, minus 32 for sure. Yeah, give me, give me, give me the points. I'm with you. They're coming out red hot. Um, I'm taking them and, and let, until Trevor gets COVID or is hurt. I'm taking Clemson yes. almost every single week. I mean, he's just, you know, I think last year was, it was awakening for him a little bit. He started off slow, finished the season off a little bit better. I think he understands that, Hey, it's my final season. I don't have to go against Justin Fields to win the Heisman. Yeah. Uh, it's True. a clear cut for me to do it. True. Uh, I just got to go out there and do my thing. I'm going to win a Heisman. I'm going to be in the playoffs. Most likely have a chance to win the national championship and then be the number one pick in the draft. I think he saw Joe Burrow 
and what season he had last year and how much fun it is to no win doubt. a natty, to win a Heisman, and be the first pick in the draft. Trevor Lawrence right now, in my mind, is going to be able to do all three things this year if he stays healthy and just stays focused. Um, so I, I like Clemson every single – I'm with you. I'm going to stay on them. And so they buck me off too. And you're going to lay the points. You don't want to get the points because that would mean you take 32 with Wake Forest. So you're going to you're going to lay 32 with Clemson. I think that's yes. the smart thing to do. Last pick. We're going to the Big 12. Texas, the number 14th ranked team in the nation preseason, is hosting the University of Texas El Paso, home of McGruber, who played tight end there. Shout out to the Groobs man if you're a movie fan. University of Texas El Paso. Texas is a 43-point favorite. That is a ton of points. I'm taking UTEP, okay? I know Tom Herman. I know Sam Ellinger's back. I know Texas is trying to see if this is the year that they can upend Oklahoma and represent in the Big 12 championship game again. Look, they're going to call the dogs off. They're not covering 43. Give me UTEP in the points. That's so many points, and I'm not that confident Texas will even score 43 points. Yeah, that is a lot of points. Oh, man. Give me the points. UTEP was freaking 1 in 11 last year. So you're going to lay the bad... points on Texas. You're going to lay the points. Yeah, on Texas. I got to learn the, the terminology once again this year. <laughs> oh, right. yeah, my... UTEP is terrible. <laughs> I don't care how non confident you are in, in, in Texas. But I mean, Ellinger's there. He wants to get going too. Uh, I, yeah, I'm... give me Texas. UTEP is trash. So that's all. <laughs> All right. All right. So we differed on two picks. It's good to be back. Punt, pass, and pick. Um, We'll see where we stand early next week. But, man, we got a slate of conference football games this week, and it feels right, feels good, and NFL Sunday. Oh, buddy, I'm definitely going to eat wings this weekend, and I'm sure as hell not ordering off Uber Eats because Sean stole my order, and I still think about that daily. I really do. It it, it upsets me. It upsets me. But punt, pass, and pick, there are – our picks, and they will be on puntandpass.com. If you want to look at what we pick, I'll keep tabs up there all season long. Aaron, anything on the way out, my man? Going to be a great start early fall weekend football all weekend long. Yeah, we had football. That's what I'm pumped about. Football, football, football. Going to go watch Georgia scrimmage on Saturday, so I will have a report come next week about what the dogs are looking like for everyone. Awesome. Awesome. Well, that's uh, that's it. We really appreciate you listening. And again, big thanks to Logan Hinton and Ameris Bank Mortgage for being the presenting sponsor of this episode of Punt and Pass. Be sure to take advantage of historically low rates by buying or refinancing your home with Logan Hinton at Ameris Bank. He is a trusted mortgage banker. He will help you achieve your financial goals. He's part of the number one lending team in Georgia year after year. So why wait? He's got competitive rates and fees. He's got the ability to lend in 47 states. Give him a call directly. He wants you to call him. 770-649-4941. That's 770-649-4941. Logan Hinton and Ameris Bank Mortgage. We appreciate you. Give him a shout when you're sitting around this weekend thinking about how you can save money by buying or refinancing a home. Be sure to follow us at Punt and Pass on Twitter and Instagram. I'm at Drew Butler. Aaron is at AaronMurray11. Check out puntandpass.com, and we will talk to you next week. See you.